Motorola jumped back into the flagship game with the Moto Edge Plus, and Cliff, the silly man that he is, bought one and hasn't returned it yet, so he wants to talk about it. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week we're taking a look at the Moto Edge Plus, Motorola's latest flagship phone. And yes, I did just use the words Motorola and flagship in the same sentence. I know. I was as surprised as you. Co-producer Cliff picked one up, and he's been trying it out for a few weeks now, and he's ready to share some thoughts. Plus, I'm taking a moment to tech yeah, a monitor that's long overdue. It's the Lenovo Q24i monitor that I've been using as my third display, and yes, you heard that right third display. I've been using it for a few months now, and it's definitely my turn to talk about it, and we will get to all of that, but first, we have to cover the news of the week. Before we get started with the news, it's show news time. My bags are packed and my vacation is booked for June 18th, so you know what that means. It's almost hiatus time, and I'll be honest with you, between section editor duties at Digital Trends and this podcast, it's turning into a bit of a chore, so it's definitely time to recharge the old batteries, and that's what I intend to do on the shores of Hawaii. Oh yes, it's a bucket list item. And as is becoming a habit for this show, I plan to give you a podcast based on the flight tech to help you survive eight hours in the air. What works and what doesn't, so look for that when I come back on the air. Speaking of which, the podcast will go on hiatus on June 15th with Beyond a Doubt featuring someone, I'm not sure who yet, and we'll be back the following month on July 17th with another Beyond a Doubt featuring someone else. We'll just have to wait and see who. It will be exciting. Anyway, that's the plan for now. If anything changes, you'll be the first to know, but for now, we can get on with the news. The Apple Watch is still my favorite wearable, hands down, and yes, very much pun intended. These days I'm wearing a Garmin because it lasts forever, notifications are rock solid, and I don't really like the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4, so whoops on that purchase, I guess. But Apple is looking to expand the capabilities of the Apple Watch even more, which is like, jeez, you could do more? Apple is looking to add a skin temperature sensor, which won't really tell you when you have a fever, but it will tell you when your skin temperature varies by a lot. Apple is also looking to improve AFib sensing for when your heart goes all wonky-like, and yes, that is a medical term. There still won't be blood pressure monitoring tech until at least 2025, which is a bummer, especially for old dudes like me. Even so, it seems like the blood pressure monitoring would only be effective for detecting spikes, not for you know, actually measuring your blood pressure, still going to have to put on that cuff, which is a bummer for sure. There's also talk of adding blood pressure sugar level detecting in the not-too-distant future, which would be a welcome feature as well, given the obesity problems in America, because we're all fat and American and we like hamburgers and we consider artery-hardening an Olympic event. But blood glucose measuring is still years away, so we'll have to figure it out the old-fashioned way by eating a candy bar when we feel dizzy and by not feeling dizzy 26 times a day. Now that we've talked about the Apple roadmap, you know whose roadmap is not completely stacked? CNN Plus! That's right, one week. One week after telling everyone that only having 10,000 subscribers was just okie-dokie, everything's fine, well, it turns out everything was not fine because CNN Plus is going full quibi and shutting down at the end of April. One report I saw said that CNN will only have existed for 22 days when the final nail is driven into that particular coffin. Now, I don't want to completely dunk on the service. I mean, I'll dunk a little bit because this show is what it is. But mostly... 
I just kind of feel bad for the people that worked on CNN Plus. This was not a small project. CNN brought in a whole staff of on-camera and behind-the-scenes people to put on original content. I don't know what's going to happen with those folks. I'd imagine most of the production staff will shrug it off and move on to the next project, such as the way of the show Business Business. But as for full-time staff, I just really hope that CNN really takes care of those people. CNN put a lot of weight behind this, so much so that most of those people probably eagerly jumped on board. Now to have the carpet pulled on them has to completely suck. CNN is not a small company though, so it certainly has the ability to treat its employees right. It's just a question of whether it will. Now, I won't spend a ton of time speculating on what went wrong. Certainly, the higher-ups at CNN set ridiculous expectations and goals to be met that weren't met because they were, wait for it, ridiculous. As for whether the content was bad, even if it was, that wasn't to blame. It was simply too small a sample size to judge whether it was good or not. Basically, CNN decided that it has a lot of people that watch the news channel, so if they slap a CNN sticker on a streaming service, of course people will flock to it. I call that the Leo Apotheker fallacy, and if you follow that joke, honestly... Mad, mad, mad respect, people. That's a Grand Canyon of a deep cut. And speaking of the Grand Canyon, as of the end of the month, CNN will be nothing but a hole in the ground, and as much as I want this to be funny, it's really just sad. The Playdate is a handheld gaming system that came out this week, and reviewers are going gaga over this little thing. And to be fair, it's adorable. It's a little square measuring 76 millimeters by 74 millimeters. It has a monochrome screen, a D-pad, two buttons, and a crank on the side. All of those things help you control games. The games themselves are little mini games akin to the old Game Boy type games. The price of the Playdate includes a season of 24 games, which are delivered two per week, which is an interesting model, I'll be perfectly honest. As for the cost, it's $179, which is pretty steep considering what it is. There's no backlight in the device, so it can't be played in the dark, which is a weird exemption. My colleague, friend of the show Giovanni Colantonio, not only wrote the review of a device, but also an op-ed in which he said the Playdate is a better gaming handheld than the Switch, and according to the op-ed, those are carefully chosen words. While Giovanni certainly thinks that the Switch is a superior console, when it comes to portable gaming, the Playdate has a lot going for it, including its extreme portability, and that's honestly the most attractive part of the device. Might I have to take this to Hawaii with me? I think I might. That is, if I can get my hands on one, because pre-orders are filled until 2023. Yikes! Oh, Giovanni, perhaps a trade? OnePlus announced that the OnePlus Nord N20 5G will be heading exclusively to T-Mobile. OnePlus is also hosting an event next week on the 28th, and I have to wonder if this phone will be the only one that's announced. There are other rumors of other OnePlus phones floating around for outside the U.S., including the OnePlus Ace and other Nord variants, and actually an elusive OnePlus 10 Not Pro. It will remain to be seen what shows up at the event. The OnePlus Nord N20 jumps from an LCD screen last year to an AMOLED screen this year. Additionally, it has an underscreen fingerprint sensor, Qualcomm Snapdragon 695 processor, and a 64 megapixel main camera. Overall, could turn into a fun mid-range option if you happen to be on T-Mobile, that is. I'm still not a fan of carrier exclusivity, and frankly, I never will be. I'm honestly not a fan of carriers in general here in the U.S. They have too much power over what sells and what doesn't, and frankly, it's time for that to change. But for now, there's a new mid-range option for you. Review coming soon to Digital Trends. And did I say a new mid-range option? I should have said three mid-range options because Motorola also rolled out two new phones in its Moto G series of phones, the Moto G Stylus 5G and the Moto G 5G. Yes, Moto G 5G. Seriously, does G just stand for gross? Anyway, these two phones are the first phones to carry 5G in the Moto G series of phones, which is neat. What's not neat is the pricing, with the Moto G Stylus 5G commanding a hefty $500 price tag, and the Moto G 5G fetches a mere $400. Those are both pretty significant increases over the previous generation, and you have to wonder if the 5G is worth it? 
It's probably not, but, you know, whatever. These phones will be available later in the year, the Moto Stylus before the Moto G5G. Both phones have 50 megapixel sensors and huge batteries, the latter of which is sort of a trademark for the Moto G series. There are several other similarities and differences between the two, the most notable of which is, of course, the stylus on the Moto G Stylus 5G. You can check out the show notes at benefitofadow.com or bit.ly.botdnews and and have those show notes delivered straight to your inbox. Do it. Do it now. This next story is an old story, but I recently came across it in some YouTube rabbit hole or another, and it's an awesome look at the magic of movie making. The TV show Kidding is a Showtime production starring Jim Carrey, and imagine, if you will, Mr. Rogers, but with a dead child who is the twin of another boy who is still alive and separated from his wife who is a normal person, not a super nice person like the original Mrs. Rogers. Now, Mr. Rogers, for those of you who are not familiar, is basically the nicest person to have ever walked this earth, and his wife was similarly pretty great, so this show is clearly writing its own script. Well, in episode three, we are treated to a sort of fast-forward through the life of a woman as she rebuilds herself from a coked-out junkie to a respectable member of society. There are about seven or eight different scenes in the space of about two minutes, including moving a couch, breaking down a wall, a birthday party scene, yoga, and more. There are even two, count them, two dogs, all in the same room. Well, on YouTube, you can watch a behind-the-scenes look at how it's accomplished, and long story short, there are about 12 different people running around like ferrets on double espressos, bringing in furniture, moving out furniture, changing the lighting, all around a single cameraman shooting one long, continuous shot. It's amazing, and you need to see it. And bit.ly slash BOTD news, and normally I'd say thank you here, but trust me, for this one... I'm saying you're welcome. Netflix had its earnings call this week, and for the first time in years, Netflix lost subscribers in between this news and the CNN Plus thing. I'm not sure which takes were hotter, but they were flying on Twitter this week. As a result of this subscriber loss, Netflix announced the possibility of cheaper plans, perhaps being ad-supported since everyone else in the goddamn world does it. Netflix has gone from being the default streaming service to just another name in the bunch and frankly, one of the most expensive plans. Honestly, if I didn't already get Netflix for free from T-Mobile... I'm not sure I'd have it anymore. Christina Warren, who, honestly, I need to get onto this podcast because she's pretty awesome. And unlike some other podcast hosts, I promise not to fall asleep, Ryan. Anyway, Christina, whose Twitter name is film underscore girl, by the way, so she has the bona fides, broke down basically each and every streaming service out there in the form of a tweet thread, and it's really spot on. Basically, Netflix has the best interface, and it's ubiquitous, but that's about all it has going for it. And I'd even argue about the best interface part, since Netflix can't put my continue row on the first row every single time. It's not hard, Netflix! Whatever the case, Netflix is going to have to make some adjustments to keep its market position, but for now, it's not looking so good, boss. If you listen to pretty much any of my podcasts over the last five years, you would know that I have been following the Foxconn in Wisconsin story almost as closely as The Verge has been, and I only say that because I've been following the story through The Verge. If you're not familiar with the story, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Foxconn, the company that makes most of the parts for the iPhone, decided it wanted to build a multi-billion with a B dollar facility in Wisconsin near the Illinois border. Chicago, you may or may not know, is located in Illinois near the Wisconsin border, hence my interest. Trump came out for the christening. The Republican governor of Wisconsin came out for it. Wisconsin promised $4 billion with a B dollars in tax credits to build the factory and bring in 13,000 new jobs in the tech industry in, I can't emphasize this enough, Wisconsin. By the way, that factory never got built, probably because, and I can't emphasize this enough, it was in Wisconsin. What's more, over the years, Foxconn occupied buildings in and around Kenosha and Madison and never had anything in them. People left jobs to go work for Foxconn and were never given any duties before they were fired. 
Pardon my French, but this whole thing was a clusterfuck from start until finish. But that can't be a surprise because, and I can't emphasize this enough, it was in Wisconsin. And, you know, <coughs> Trump was involved. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, a little, little dust in here. So when Alan Young, formerly the head of the Foxconn Project, went on Decoder, a podcast hosted by Neele Patel of The Verge, my ears perked up. Mr. Young has written a book about the project called Flying Eagle, which was the codename of the project. He's also planning a second book about it, and it seems that his entire purpose for being on the podcast was to say over and over that any questions asked of him will be in the second book. It's a, it's, it's a maddening interview, and knowing that this was the dude in charge, it actually helps clarify what happened in Wisconsin. So I appreciate that at least. But mostly, I think Neele and Josh Jezza all wanted straight answers about what happened up there, and that's what makes this interview so, so maddening. Foxconn has a long, long history of smoke and mirror shows promising and absolutely failing to deliver huge mega factories all over the world, including Wisconsin, and for some reason, people just keep falling for it, and it's probably because, and I can't emphasize this enough, it was Wisconsin. And finally, God, this one is such low-hanging fruit, but this show is what it is, so let's get to it. NASA is taking recommendations for where to start planning its next planetary satellite survey mission, and those take about a decade to plan and execute. So far, we've sent ships to Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Want to guess whose turn may be next? Not Neptune. Not Pluto, hashtag not a planet. That's right, it's Uranus. So Wired comes to us with the headline, quote, Get ready for a decade of Uranus jokes. Apparently, Uranus gets an orbiter and a probe. That's right, I just said a probe for Uranus. And you'd think that would be enough, and to be honest... It probably is. Experts predict that the Uranus Orbiter mission will probably happen, which means we're all going to have to A, start learning how to say Uranus, or B, giggle like stupid little children every time we talk about space until around 2040 or so. Me? I'm actually pretty good with either option, but I'll be honest, I kind of prefer B. So I'm just going to sign off now and go back to talking about phones, okay? Uranus, 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 Uranus. Okay. Motorola re-entered the flagship phone space earlier this year with the Moto Edge Plus, and co-producer Cliff bought it and somehow has not returned it. So we are here to talk to him about the Moto Edge Plus. This is our full review. Cliff Thomas, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my sadness. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, legitimately, though, like we've been we've been talking about this phone sure. for weeks back and forth off the air, and it seems like you're actually kind of happy with it. So, yeah, I mean, this is that's like a big reason why I wanted to talk about it was because this is a moto um this is a moto offering that is actually impressing. So, why don't we start off the way we normally start off with? Let's take the high-level view. What are your overall impressions here? Okay. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is Motorola's first um foray back into uh, smartphone or to into a high-end smartphone, I guess you could call it a, uh, uh, the flagship level of smartphone since the original uh, Moto Edge and Moto Edge Plus that they came out with in, I guess, 2019. Does that sound right? It's been a minute. It has, <laughs> I don't remember exactly when it was. It, uh, Moto, Moto took a couple of years off the flagship space there for a while so they did. I don't know remember if it was 2019 or 2020 but anyway yeah it was somewhere in that neighborhood we can move on so so again and uh, in, in, I would say it's kind of a parallel to what they did before uh, kind of sort of uh, you have a Verizon exclusive well in this case version of this model and then you have the unlocked model and they are ostensibly the same phone but there are some differences uh there's some mm. differences in ram and i believe my version does not support verizon's millimeter wave ah okay right uh so this, also i believe that yeah the standard storage with the verizon model is significantly it's actually kind of funny they they get 
and we'll go into the specs in a little bit. The Verizon model gets 12 gigabytes of RAM. The unlocked model gets 8 gigabytes of RAM. The unlocked mm. model gets 512 gigabytes of storage. And I believe the entry-level Verizon one is 128 gigabytes. So, really? you know, yeah. So take so that bad boy has fi- has half a terabyte of half storage a terabyte in it? of storage. Wow, out of the All box, right. but less That's RAM. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, like you're talking about. Let's do let's do the zoomed out view. As you know, I think I've mentioned this on the on the podcast. I do have an affinity for Motorola phones. I have since the original Moto X, and that includes both the some of the things they have done with hardware in the past. You know, I loved with the the original Moto X that you could. Um, the fact that it was assembled in the United States and that you could custom order it. Those two things were, were, uh, you know, definitely selling points for me and, and the software yeah. that, uh, was, was relatively unchanged from, uh, stock Android, but then they add their nice little, uh, uh, enhancements on top of it. So things like, uh, uh, moto gestures. So you can, mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just do it here on the, this is great radio, but I'll, do the little chop mm-hmm. chop action turns on and off. There's the flashlight. And yeah, I can do this, and it launches the camera. Ta-da! There's oh, me. Wow. There's two of you. That's right. There's there's two of you. There's your face, and then there's your face. That's right. And your face and your face and your face. I like how you comment that chop chopping the flashlight is great radio, and then you proceed to shine the flashlight directly into the camera, making it simultaneously bad radio and bad TV. Well, well played, sir. That is why you bring me on to, uh, you know, make things just a little bit more difficult for all of us. The way I look at it is, if you're going to make a bad radio, may as well make a bad TV too. <laughs> why do you think we started this YouTube channel? But doom, but right. That's that's production values. What that is? That is bad production values. Now, and, and so I think from like a hardware level, this this shares some of the um, some of the ethos or design philosophy between the original Moto X and this and and this model. They ha- they have something similar in that they have this curved back. Mm-hmm. Which, if you want to, you know, you can go to Motorola's website or or you know check out some reviews if you want to see some pictures. And I believe we'll actually we'll, we'll have a, a picture or two maybe on the website. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Probably. Um, Maybe. We'll see. So it it fits very nicely in hand. It is a big phone, uh, but Mm -hmm. unlike some phones that are just big slabs of heavy meat, not good looking meat, but like the Samsung Galaxy (laughs) S22 Ultra that I have in my hand. I mean, you can see they are very basically the same basically the same size of phone, but the difference in weight. Oh, you could you could feel it. Um the difference, I guess you could say, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I said I was going to, to going to do like an an overall <laughs> like view overview of it, but I, I guess I'm just talking about in hand feel right now. It, yeah, we it, could transition into hardware. That's yeah. fine. Okay, so it it is relatively lightweight in my hand. I'm not actually looking to see it, what it weighs, but just just in terms of uh, you know uh, experience, it's a nice handling phone between the curved back. It does not have. Like the previous uh, or the the first generation um, Edge phones, it does not have curved glass on the sides, which is okay. what the original Edge stood for. That's the reason they named it that way. And yeah, yeah, I mean that's fine. Right now, now it's just a brand, and uh, I honestly, I think I actually prefer a, a flat edged screen re- uh, relative to curved edges for for uh, palm or finger. Oh, what is it? Uh, accidental touch rejection, anyway. So that doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, I I always will prefer a flat screen over a curved one. Thank you very much. So, but that's me. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Let's let's talk about a few things with the hardware. Uh, it has a Snapdragon uh, eight uh, Gen one, which is kind of the 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 de rigueur for for any. Uh, smartphone that wants to call itself a flagship or a near flagship unless your name is apple or google or i guess samsung in in some regions yeah <laughs> uh, you know it's funny i fully expected you to say like when you said snapdragon 8 i fully expected you to say 88 after it and you just didn't i don't know for some reason like in my brain we've kind of like skipped over the snapdragon 888 for whatever reason even though we had a whole slate of phones this is just such a stupid tangent but even though we had a whole slate of phones that had the snapdragon 888 i just don't even think about it anymore yeah it, but uh, it, it is yeah. I, I the other thing is too when when you've reviewed a bunch of different phones, things just tend to run together unless you're like specifically thinking about the naming right. of things. And, and I, and I think, 
I think this is actually the first of, of their generations of process processors that maybe is is a new I don't think it's a new architecture but it's sort of a new generation for them but yeah so it yeah. is it is a responsive phone as you would expect I think as I mentioned earlier it does have eight gigabytes of RAM mm-hmm. um, five hundred twelve gigabytes of storage so you know in terms of uh, capacity I mean honestly probably more than I will ever use that this this can actually shoot eight <laughs> K video I can't ever see myself doing that <laughs> but if I wanted to it's one of the few phones that I own that could actually uh, you know hold a little bit of video before I'd have to offload it to, to get some, some storage true. back. Very true. So there's that. Um, it is running in, well, we won't talk about the uh, software yet. Uh, oh, actually, let me talk about the screen since we're talking about the, the front of the phone. It is yeah, okay. It is a POLED uh, display. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, this is the thing that, okay. So, so it is a um, full HD plus display. Mm-hmm. I, this is the one thing that I always have a hard time remembering with phones at this level whether or not they have a, a a full hd or an ultra hd display because honestly i i have a really hard time telling the difference right oh yeah i can't <laughs> tell the difference at all it's Old like, eyes. i i really <laughs> I, I really have to go back and look because otherwise i'm like mm, <laughs> not so sure uh so yes a 6.7 inch uh plastic oled or po led display uh fhd plus and it's got what i think is I don't know. I wouldn't call it an exclusive because I'm sure there's another phone that has that out there. But one of the few phones I know, uh, the second phone from Motorola, actually, that has a 144 hertz refresh rate. Okay. Yeah. So very responsive. I can't tell the difference between this and a 90 hertz display, honestly, or, or a 120 hertz display. But it is very responsive. Everything that you would expect from, uh, you know, between the, the, the RAM, the processor, and the high refresh rate screen, it feels very snappy. Um, so then actually, and the reason I say this is this is uh, sort of, the, I don't want to say exclusive to Motorola, but the, uh, the Edge 2020 that I reviewed, I guess, was it this year or was it late last year? I can't remember. The other one, oh, I'm, shoot, you did re- you did review that, didn't you? That's right, <laughs> and it also had that 144 hertz refresh rate. So this is not <laughs> nice. this is not their first phone uh, that has shipped with that, and it does okay. have a 4800 milliamp hour battery, which is pretty standard around that 5000 milliamp hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these days, really good battery life. I mean, it's definitely an, an all day phone plus. I think if you if you can't deliver that with most Android phones these days that are that are at this price level, you've probably mess something up unless it's a a niche case like a really thin phone or you know something yeah. like uh, like one of the folding phones where you just can't fit it in uh right and, and so you know hardware wise there there's there's a lot to like here uh, it it's uh it, it definitely checks i think most of the boxes that you would that you would uh, expect to check for a phone that uh, we will discuss the price in a few but a phone that is that is priced at the level that it's priced now we're going right. to turn to the back and you're going to see where maybe they, they did a few things. Actually, let's talk about the side first because one thing I didn't mention is it does not have what you would kind of expect uh, a, an in-display fingerprint reader. Rather, it okay. has a side-mounted fingerprint uh, reader, which actually I don't mind. Yeah. Other than I think it's maybe just because you expect it at this level to have the, the in-display fingerprint reader. But honestly, when it works as well as this one does, um, if anything, it maybe is just a little oversensitive. Um, okay, but in terms of the, the the quickness with which you're logged in, it's very quick. So I definitely cannot complain there. And it's one of the few that I've used that doesn't have an indentation. It actually is a clicky button that looks just like a regular button. Like honestly, if you looked at this, other than maybe the difference in the finish, because the power button is a little less shiny than the volume buttons, uh, yeah. you wouldn't know that it's that that it's a uh, capacitive fingerprint uh, reader. But it's there right. and it works well. Um, just a little surprising, I think, considering the pricing that we'll talk about in a little bit. And and as I did say, sometimes I'll pull it out of my pocket and I've somehow inadvertently touched it and I'll have to enter my pen. So, you know, that could just be a me problem. I don't want to, you know, say that that's necessarily something that they need to work on. Maybe that's something that they could fix with a software update, but maybe your experience might be different. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just too handsy with my phone. Oh, I forgot right. to mention it does support 30, uh, 30 watts of charging. So nothing near close to some of the the Chinese devices that are out there. But I thought you were going to say it supports handsiness. <laughs> but anyway. That's between me I, and the phone, Adam. 
That's yeah, that's fair. that's fair. So. <laughs> okay, so as we move to the back, it does have a 50 megapixel uh, main shooter with uh, optical image stabilization. And then it has a 50 megapixel ultra-wide, uh, which is nice. But it does not have a telephoto lens. Again, something that you might be mm. expecting at the price, which we will talk about later. Instead, yeah. it just has a depth-sensing camera at I believe two megapixels which is kind of like uh, i mean sticker, sticker camera. camera yeah yeah i mean i i'm i i know it's probably used for something but when you're expecting an ultra wide or a, a telephoto it just would have been nice to have it uh you know yeah. at the price that they're they're charging for it um it does have <laughs> a ridiculous 60 megapixel front facing camera I just well, that's thought, fun. I uh, I just always find it really funny when the 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 megapixel count on the front camera is higher than the megapixel count on the back. And you know, agree. But I mean, these days with like social media, TikTok, sure. Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, like all of this stuff. I mean, people are just setting up their phones and like going and dancing in front of them. And so, I mean, these days that makes sense. It Back does. when this first started, you know, three four years ago, that did not make a hell of a lot of sense. But um, right, but yeah, uh, so, yeah, I totally get yeah. why it's there. It just still like it's it's just still not something I'm expecting, and so it always makes me chuckle a little bit. Uh, right. Right. When I get that. But I, I will say, so a couple of things. The the main camera, I think, um, and this is something that Motorola has not been particularly great at ever since the original Moto X shipped, is uh, their camera, especially I would say it's not necessarily the camera hardware, but their, um, their processing uh, chops on, on that side just just haven't been close to uh you know the i guess the monoliths that are out there like your samsung or your apple right mm-hmm. i i'm not saying that it's equal to that now but i will say in low light or i'm sorry in 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 good to awesome lighting it takes really good pictures especially okay. with uh subjects that aren't moving and and even do we want to transition over to like look at some photos while we're talking about this? Yeah, we could do that. I, I should also okay. mention that the 50 megapixel ultra wide is they also call it a macro uh, camera, uh, camera, which is kind of awesome. Ah. Rather than having like the sticker camera, yeah, 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 yeah uh, for doing you know which, which they some some uh, other manufacturers will call a macro camera. This can actually get you some yeah. high quality images. So yeah, let's take a look at All some right. pictures. So, so for those of you who are listening, sorry, um, this would be an, uh, a, an example of when it would be advantageous to go watch the YouTube channel. And if you want to slot in at the YouTube channel, right about 16 minutes, you can start looking at these photos if you want. Um, and perhaps I can even embed some photos on the, uh, on the Wix site. If you want to go check the, uh, um, uh, if you want to go check the show notes at benefitofadoubt.com. So, uh, yeah, so let's uh, dive right in. This looks like your former place of business. Is it that is. Right? That is correct. Yeah. So- F those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love the place. But, yeah, this so this is my uh, – this is the walk that I take in and out uh, or did take from my, with my previous employer. And so it is a beautiful place, and it was always kind of a, an inspirational place to take – uh, images, especially if you're reviewing uh, a, a camera, because it was always something consistent uh, in terms of, you know, that's the subject matter I could kind of find, especially if it was like one phone after another. Anyway, so yeah, this is this is early in the morning uh, with the main shooter, and uh, this is less than perfect light, but it is also a cloudy day, so you get that, you know, there, there's not I a mean, whole- I- I find cloudy days to be quite good for, uh, you know, especially for product photography because the light is diffused everywhere. So I will not complain about that at all. And it looks like the it looks like the phone catches a lot of the detail of the brickwork. So that's and that's important because like it, I've been looking for a white brick house around my neighborhood and I have not found one yet or some type of white brick building just because I would like to check out like details like that. Because I know, um, you know, Juan Bagno, when he does camera reviews, he often shoots like white stucco hmm. to see like what the detail is what like the detail that. level is right. But yeah, I don't have anything around around me like that. So, um, well, you know where to go now if you I, need it. <laughs> So I have switched to another picture, and and by the way, for those yeah. of you who are listening, we I I am just uh, I created an album on on uh, uh, Google Photos, and we're looking at the web. But I do upload all of my pictures in uh, original quality, and so yes, this will just be compressed on YouTube. But I think you will be able to yeah. see 
um, some of the details. So this is again from the main shooter. And I was just playing with uh, the focus here. And so you can actually see I've got uh, the subject matter that's closer to me, like actually not in focus as much as something that's in like the men, but it's still it, 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 as much as the mid or, or farther away. But you get a nice yeah. bokeh effect. But it, uh, and if you've ever used the Motorola camera app, it's it's pretty simple. And I like that mm-hmm. about it. This is uh, switching from the uh, main sensor to the ultra wide, which I actually was playing with the macro function. And I, I was relatively impressed with the macro function. I, I this, yeah, this was a kind of a breezy day. And the fact that I was uh, able to uh, get a, a pretty crisp close up picture uh, of this flower. Well, yeah, fact, I think you can actually see like some of the other flowers that are around it. They're maybe in motion just a little bit. And here's another one. This was actually from, um, I believe it's a, it's either a Bradford pear tree or a uh, sugar maple with these huh. with these flowers on it. So again, okay. you you can see that sexy stamen there. Yeah. So then this would be this would be the Just last camera sample. So again, I w- I, w- I switched back to the main sensor here, and I was playing with depth of field. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So I this really was with the majority of the pictures. I I was just trying to get a. A uh, good sense of the capabilities of a camera in a in a what was a pretty nice day for taking pictures, as you saw, because of it was overcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, that at least gives you somewhat of a sense of of what the camera is capable of. In in what I would say is is still because it's not a bright sunny day at less than perfect light with and with some with with some breeze going. So this tree was actually moving around as I was mm. uh, these flowers were moving around as I was trying to take the shot. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you know what is uh, what else is awesome? Having a great monitor that you can look at these photos on. And I'm going to take this opportunity to go ahead and transition right into our tech. Yeah, let me go ahead and remove that. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to take the opportunity to transition on over into our tech. Yeah, because we are looking at a Lenovo Q24i monitor that Lenovo sent me to try out. And that is the third of the three monitors that I use on a regular basis. That is my communications monitor. So the way I kind of have it is I've got the big screen, big curved screen monitor over here. This is where I like do a lot of my research and, you know, video watching stuff like that over here. I've got my laptop display in the middle and then i've got this lenovo monitor over on the left hand side here and what i do is i i usually split this up into two different sides so i can have like multiple messaging platforms going all at the same time it's a 24 inch monitor it's actually actually a 23.8 inch monitor as the name would apply it's a full hd monitor it's an ips panel with a refresh rate of 75 hertz Hmm. um so it yeah i mean it's not this is not a baller monitor this is not going to be a uh you know a huge gaming monitor this is not going to be a huge like i'd call it like a workhorse monitor yeah, it's it's a workhorse monitor. That's exactly it. Now, uh, this has kind of a cool hinge design on the bottom. I don't know if you've seen this, but Lenovo actually has a an all-in-one PC with like a built-in Qi charging deck on it. This does not have a built-in Qi charging deck, but it has the same type of design to it. I just I really dig the uh, the the all-in-one PC that Lenovo mm. has. Um, but so this is not that obviously, this is just a straight up monitor. Um, but it's got a, you know, a, a huge, a large square base on the bottom with a, um, with a, uh, with a hinge that kind of comes out the side and then like goes up on a diagonal and then attaches to the, uh, into attaches to the back, back of the monitor. Um, I mean, really it's a monitor. I mean, it, it's a workhorse monitor. It's, it's super bright. Um, I don't have any complaints with, uh, how, how bright it gets. Um, you know, it's, it's actually arguably the brightest of the three panels that I use. So, um, I was going to say, does it lean one particular way or another as far as uh, the color cast compared to maybe one of the other displays that you have that you prefer? Um, no, actually, I mean, honestly, as far as like like white balance is concerned, mm-hmm. it's 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 spot on as far as I can tell. Now, there is uh, some like color calibration tools that you can use. I have not done those yet. So and I am ashamed. Um, but, you know, another nice thing about this monitor is it is super thin on the on the top half of it like the bottom half has like all the components but the top half is super thin i don't have i want to say 
less than a quarter inch. A lot. Like down down by the bottom, it, it you know it gets a little beefy, but because you know that's where well, all that's the, where the controls like, are, and it's it does it uh, does it have with its power? Does it have the com- the converter? Does it have that part in the built into the monitor, or is that does it have like a brick? Oh, that's a good question. I don't remember. Let me check real quick. I, I can check this right live on the air. <laughs> Can't tell. <laughs> Uh, no, you know what? No, it's just no. It, it yeah, the inverter must be built into the back because there is no there's no brick there. So well, that definitely um, explains yeah. if it does have a little chunk on the bottom besides the controls, that would definitely add yeah, to it as well. It. But I definitely prefer that. Like it's nice just being able to plug it in and then plug it in directly into the wall and then not having that brick in between. Yeah. So uh, another limiting factor to it. By the way, it's a sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Um, so it's nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Uh, but one limiting thing is it just has an HDMI in. So that is the only input that it has. So that might be a limiting factor if you have like a display port or something like that. Right. So keep that in mind. Um, the It's currently going on Amazon for about 220 bucks right now, hmm. which is honestly, I would probably say a little bit on the high side. But yeah, I mean, it it's a it's it's, you know, for a 24 inch monitor, that's not terrible i mean you can get comparable monitors for you know probably in the you know high uh, slightly above 150s maybe um oh actually i see there's a uh uh scepter 24 inch monitor here for 130 so yeah okay lenovo's a little on the high side I'm, i'll be honest but uh um i appreciate you know i appreciate lenovo sending this out so i could add a third monitor to my arsenal and um, if you want to check it out, there is a link in the show notes. Or if you want to check this out and then go buy that Spectre one, that would help me out too. Um, so you can check that out at benefitofadoubt.com. There will be a link in the description, in the video description below and in the show notes. And pretty much everywhere that you could possibly go to buy this monitor, you can. You can, you can and, and maybe but, uh, if you ask nicely, Adam will show you his display setup. I haven't seen it in a while, but it used to look like like a, a glass cockpit, you know, it's, it's just it's, screens everywhere. Oh yeah. Well, between that monitor, the laptop monitor, the 32 inch curved monitor, the Google home, the, uh, the echo, sh- the not, it's not an echo show. It's the uh, fire tablet that I reviewed hmm. a couple of years ago that turns into an echo show when you set it on the dock. Uh, that's all the screens I have going, except for when I have like my line of phones lined up, uh, <laughs> underneath my monitor. So yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's still, gla- it's, there's still a lot of glass going on here <laughs> but, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, so, uh, thank you for, uh, taking a moment to check out this tech. Yeah. And, uh, link in the show notes, go check it out. You'll be helping out the show and you'll have my thanks back to the moto why don't we go ahead and transition over into the software chat about the battery a little bit and then we can wrap things up sure absolutely you know i, I, I did mean, forget yeah. as i do as i always forget to mention one thing or another and one I, I did forget to mention that it comes in two different colors a cosmos blue or a stardust white if you're okay. watching the video what i have is the cosmos blue which i you know that's my personal preference i think this is a pretty great color yeah, I like that gradient that goes across I, the back there. I do too, and I actually I, I do really like uh, Motorola's uh, current design language too. It it, mm-hmm. it just it it it's just my you know design's one of those things where it, it, everybody has their own personal preference, and I do like that it has. And this this is not an indentation, but it does have the Motorola logo in the back with a different finish than the rest of yeah. the glass back, so you can actually feel it, and it's still a place yeah. to put your finger when you're holding it, so you don't accidentally put your finger on like the the camera module for example so yeah let's talk about the software yeah i mean it's everything that i I think if you actually went back and and uh listened to my previous review of the motorola edge 21 i believe that's what it was called (laughs) yeah uh it it is very similar i mean this the difference being uh that that uh, this is running android 12 and as you expect that gives you uh some additional customization options um as well as the material u which mm-hmm. which you didn't have with android uh, uh, 11 and so you know as and was, actually i've heard like a surprising number of phones don't have material u integrated yet like i think moto is just one of the few that actually does have it so that's right. nice yeah just like you'd expect with uh, uh most at least what i would want with an android 12 phone is that you have an option for themes i guess it's a little, it gives you more options more like a samsung 
And you could customize the, the shapes of the icons and things yeah. like that, which is nice. Uh, so you can customize the layout. So that's going to yeah. be things like your grid yeah. size, your fonts, your colors, and your sounds, which is nice. It's all in one panel, which is kind of nice. So that's cool. Other than that, it's it's a pretty uh, standard, like, near stock experience uh, on the software side. You're not going to find anything that, that's not unexpected from if you've used a Motorola phone before. It's just yeah. a little more Material U-esque. So, um, okay. Uh, what about, like, uh, battery life? How have you found it's a 5,000 milliamp hour 4,800 milliamp oh, 4, hour battery. Right. Yeah. Which, which I, yeah. you know, when, when you've got something that's that's that size, I kind of just mentally rounded up to 5,000 sure. milliamp sure. hours. It might as well be. Uh, it's As I said earlier, it's it's definitely an, uh, an all-day phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some. Uh, and it, oh, it also has Qi wireless charging. You know, that's actually... I think you and I, if we didn't discuss it on the air, we definitely discussed it off the air about um, your use of the OnePlus 10 Pro and that you were going to try to use it. Not charge the... it overnight. Yeah, exactly. So with me, I mean, that that's but that's kind of how I use a phone. I use it all day and then I set it on a charger. So for me, mm-hmm. it's really hard to break out of that because, you know, I'm also like going to work and I can't like have my phone run out of battery you know, like a third of the way through the day. But yeah, I actually feel like if I was not using this as a power user, so let's just say I was just, uh, you know, listening to a little bit of music, browsing the web and maybe taking some pictures, not like, not watching a lot of video content, not mm-hmm. watching any gaming. It's more of the kind of the stuff that I would use on a daily basis. I actually yeah. feel like I could get through two days on this phone. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's legit. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I'm actually writing an, writing an editorial about that charging thing that's ho- hopefully going to go up tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And by, by tomorrow, I mean when you're listening to this two days ago. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. I want to kind of get down to the, to the thing that I've been alluding to, which is the price of this phone. Yes. The price of this phone, if, it's, if, if Motorola isn't running a sale on their website is a, is $9.99. So a thousand bucks if we're yeah. doing just kind of like we were talking about with the battery, <laughs> rounding it up, right? Yeah, Which, I was gonna say I was gonna say I thought it was eight ninety nine, but no, I'm thinking of the one plus. So no, yeah, it, never mind. It it's is eight right it actually is eight ninety nine. It was when I purchased it and I believe they're running that same. Oh, because it was a again. it was a yeah, the introductory sale. Yeah, yeah, Correct. yeah. Okay. And they yeah. and they are running that sale again. Okay. And and but I you know I, I can't talk about that as being the uh, shipping price because that's Mm-mm. it's not always that price kind of have to you gotta go with the msrp baby correct doesn't matter funny. how many times you slap a sales sticker on it moto <laughs> <laughs> and then here's here's the kicker too is that you know verizon's the verizon exclusive version of this which has more ram but less storage but also supports their millimeter wave as 849 oh really okay yes okay Wow, so that's so weird. Okay. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is weird. Just keep in mind that this does have 512 gigabytes of yeah, storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't think of any phone that I've seen with that much storage in a in a basement uh, in a like in like a fl- in like a flight. Yeah, in a basement level at all than any yeah. kind of flagship that's been less than like eleven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I was gonna say because I know the uh, the S twenty two Ultra went up to. I think a terabyte of storage at its max capacity, didn't it? Yeah, something like that. But it's so, it's but considerably I mean, yeah. more expensive at that, yeah. even at oh, the five hundred and twelve gigabyte oh, yeah. uh, amount of storage. And I, and I so so let's just take a look at the the unlocked version as it is nine ninety nine. You can usually find it for eight ninety nine. I, I that's kind of where I'll just leave that. But you're missing some things. Not even just compared to the Verizon variant of this phone. Um, just looking at some of the competitors that are there, even at that eight ninety nine price point, that's the entry level price for the Pixel Six Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the, the One S- Plus Ten Pro, the One Plus Ten Pro that that has come out since this phone was launched, and so hundred dollars more than the Galaxy S twenty two S twenty two base model, right? Exactly, and then I think the S the the S twenty two Plus is around that nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's nine price point. So. It's missing some things, specifically the ultra-wide camera. That, to me, is really the one thing that I... I, I, I wouldn't call it a deal-breaker, obviously, because I purchased this phone. Um, right? but Because <laughs> they haven't returned it yet. Right, right. But, I, you know, when I, I, I feel like this phone would be 
much better served by Motorola if they had priced it at six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, because mm. in performance and specs, I feel like in a lot of ways it's it better competes with like the the Pixel Six, right? Indeed. Yeah. Which which I still consider that the Pixel Six to me feels like a flagship, basically, except for the camera that it's missing and maybe the fact that it it it's uh you know like the Motorola Edge that that we're talking about here is also a a, a an uh, full HD plus screen. Right. So in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of ways, they they align with the specs. But the Pixel Six starts at what five ninety nine, five ninety nine, yeah, right, yeah. And so it's really hard for me. <laughs> it is really hard for me to recommend this phone next to something when you can get something like the Pixel Six, um, especially when. Now, now I, I will say that if we go back to the software side, I believe Motorola has committed to like uh, at least I think it's two two feature level look. updates and like three software or, or, or three years of security updates. I could be wrong, and if you want to look at that up, we can you can correct me. If you have if you have an affinity for uh, for Motorola phones like I do, then you are going to pay a premium for this phone. It does give you some things that you won't find at the price level of, of its competition, like the crazy amount of storage that you get, but you're also missing some things, like I said, with like the ultra wide camera. Um, also the camera is not great in low light. It's okay. It's a lot better than any, any other Motorola phone that I have used. Okay. And I, I think Motorola has definitely made strides there. And so I'm not angry at the camera where I really felt like the camera fell down for me and a lot of other non Google phones still fall down for me is when you have a moving subject. Yep. Uh, like a kid, I have a, I have a five-year-old and so I still get mm-hmm. some, some blurred motion even in the best light. And so you just kind of expect that in, in, at least for me and a, a non Google phone, right. Samsung has gotten right. better. Apple has definitely gotten better, but Google to me still uh, is, is the best uh, at that particular uh, something and something that if you have kids, you de- is usually pretty important to you. So, um, absolutely, I absolutely. really enjoy this phone. I actually, I've I've been using it off off and on more than my uh, probably more than my Pixel Six and my Samsung. And part of that is because I was going to review this phone. But I, you know, there's just something about Motorola software that I really enjoy using. And uh, so even with 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 the things that uh, I guess you could call it like feature deficiencies versus some of the competition. It was worth it to me, and it might be for you. Cool. And speaking of feature deficiencies, two years of operating system updates, three years of bi-monthly security updates. Okay, so that's pretty much that's what I thought. Yeah. So, um, all right, great. Um, well, Cliff, I want to thank you for being terrible with money and for coming onto the podcast <laughs> and talking about this phone that you are keeping thus far. I don't know. Has the yeah. return window passed at this point? Probably has. Yeah. Okay, so it'll be coming up on uh, on Swappa in sometime in the near <laughs> sometime in the near future. Um, but for now, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast if you enjoyed it, and if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would write a review for the show, or you can hit the subscribe button down below. You can like, you can comment. We just hit 300 subscribers, so I'm a little excited about that. If you want some early access, you can jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt. You can write to the show by visiting benefitofadoubt.com slash contact. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes, but most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.